Like many young people of her generation, Marion has quit her job to set out on an entrepreneurial adventure. She launched the male underwear and sock company called Petrone with her partner Nicola, selling products via their website and marketing through social media. When the economy took a nosedive this summer, I reached out to her. This is what she replied. Hey, everything's going great. I just spoke to a journalist from La Depeche. I'll send you the article. And to my surprise, I read that she and Nicola were launching their second collection using photos taken at home during the lockdown. I go on to read, the brand beat its sales record in a day. The couple now have plans to enter the German market, but the sentence that struck me most was, this is good news, seeing as for many companies, the lockdown fell on them like a cleaver with drastic falls in sales. Right. Some small businesses with similar success even talk about having survivor's guilt. That's what you would feel after surviving an accident or another event in which people died. In any case, that's how a rare spice trader in Minneapolis put it, who also saw their turnover increase in the past few months. Can the first signs of economic recovery be found among these successes? Does this mean we're going to end up buying everything online? Orange presents the memo. Hello, Chloe. Hi, Joe. Welcome to this new episode of The Memo, the podcast that deciphers digital news. Today, we're looking at digital technology and the economy during this time of crisis. In just a few months, the pandemic has significantly slowed global activity. What it has shown in particular is that the role digital technology plays in our lives has gained ground. From remote work to remote doctor's appointments, digital services have multiplied. But with small and big businesses digitizing at speed, not to mention startups, will they be able to rely on this digital transformation to keep afloat? Well, it's true that some companies like Petron built their business models mainly by focusing on the internet, and so they've generally been spared from the overall paralysis associated with lockdown. So the more digital we are, the quicker we can overcome the crisis? Not quite. According to Statista, a German portal that analyzes economic data, there are certainly some big winners, like the food delivery market and fitness apps, since many of us no longer have access to gyms. But dating apps and sites are now less successful, with users staying cautious. And one sector that is definitely struggling is online ticketing. This makes sense, given the restrictions on gatherings that still apply across the world. Quote, global revenue initially estimated at over $60 billion is expected to drop to $25 billion in 2020, a drop of nearly 60%. That's enormous. Right, but for many other businesses, going digital has helped them overcome the crisis. That's what Le Monde shows in their coverage of French bookshops during the lockdown and afterwards. Aurélie Garot of Le Monde en Air Bookshop in Paris says that the lockdown was an opportunity to increase their presence on social networks, which had a positive impact on distance sales, she says. So that means they didn't have to start selling off the furniture. Not only, the bookseller explained that post-lockdown, sales continued to grow, not only physically, but also online, in particular through a site called placedeslibreries.fr. As of the 30th of June, the lockdown losses were already made up for, 
with an 80% increase in turnover. But the end of lockdown didn't mean customers instantly reappeared at all the shops, though, did it? Well, no, which is why some companies have been forced to rethink their entire supply line. That's the case, for example, for Levi's in the United States. Chip Berg, the CEO of Levi Strauss & Company, says that with the closure of hundreds of stores, they've had to rethink their market strategy. They now offer initiatives like in-store pickup and same-day delivery. The CEO also mentions that they have a long-standing partnership with Amazon. That would explain why 2020 has been such a golden year for Amazon – This summer, they even saw their best month in 26 years of operating. Yes. According to Forbes, Amazon announced that they were creating a hundred thousand new jobs in late summer. The group already employs around 560,000 people. That's the equivalent of the population of Lyon, more or less. Right. So they have a lot of employees. But what kind of conditions are they working under? And that's not the only complaint about them. In July, Jeff Bezos was called before U.S. Congress, along with the CEOs of Google, Apple, and Facebook. The American authorities suspect them of abusing their dominant position in their respective markets. It might be worth mentioning here that this is a company that's been accused of not sufficiently protecting its employees and contractors from potential infection of the virus. They answered more than 200 questions over more than five hours. A little cooked, but not yet done, says La Tribune. I guess we'll wait and see then. But elsewhere in the world, do you also see this trend of exponential acceleration towards e-commerce? Oh yes, very clearly. For example, I saw in Digital Africa that the creation of a free trade area in Africa, the AFCFTA, could be seen as a positive sign by e-commerce platforms. I'm talking about WeCashUp, M-Pesa, and the Alibaba juggernaut, as well as a number of other actors participating in the development of this sector, which is flourishing with better access to cheaper and faster internet connections on the continent. I was reading that in Asia, too, the trend was towards businesses getting to grips with digital tools more quickly. Let's take the Singaporean example. One study by Microsoft Asia and IDC Asia slash Pacific that I saw in the Business Times reports that close to 75% of companies in the city-state have accelerated the digitalization of their activities since the start of the economic crisis. Which would partly explain why digital technology is one of the most prominent components of the new stimulus plan proposed by the French government. The goal seems clear to help the re-emergence of national leaders in order to compete with GAFA. That's Google, Apple, Facebook, and Amazon. At least that's what Lesicou says. Out of the 100 billion euros invested in the recovery plan by the French government, 7 billion will go directly to digital, namely French startups. But not only them, I imagine. In effect, 3.7 billion euros have been earmarked for them. But it should be noted that at the same time, the digital transformation of the state and small and medium-sized businesses will also receive 2.3 billion euros. 500 million euros are dedicated to the fight against digital illiteracy, a topic we've covered here before. Finally, 300 million has been put aside to invest in training for digital professions. A large sum, but one which remains below the expectations of some. Yes, that's what the co-founder of Blablacar, Frédéric Mazella, said to Le Monde. He says there's not enough money. 
But the biggest shame, according to him, is that the stimulus plan shows no sign of aiming the government-funded commissions towards local French or European businesses. But on a European scale, has any investment been earmarked to support the digital sector? Are there any signs of a will to confront the mighty power of the digital giants? The leaders of Microsoft, Ralph Haupter and Casper Kling, have admitted this problem. On Euronews, they agree to say that, quote, calls for Europe's digital sovereignty are based on valid and legitimate concerns. At a European level as well, 5G promises to irrigate whole swathes of the economy and serve industries. Here in France, the network's due to be launched by the end of the year. We'll be watching those developments closely, but in the meantime, you can check out our previous episode on this topic for more. Thank you, Chloe, and thank you everyone for listening in. Please feel free to subscribe on your favorite platform and share this episode if you enjoyed it. We'll see you soon for the next episode of The Memo. You are listening to The Memo, an orange podcast. <laughs>